Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host, and with this podcast, I explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective to help us, as God's children, know how He wants us to respond. For a couple of weeks, I've been bringing you updates about the Brunson lawsuit, which is filed to hold members of the United States Congress accountable to fulfill their oath to uphold the Constitution and to defend it from any enemies, foreign or abroad. The lawsuit asserts that our nation is in a state of emergency as a result of Congress certifying the 2020 presidential election without investigating to see if there was fraud or not, especially since suspicion of foreign interference was raised by several members of Congress. The Supreme Court considered if they would hear the Brunson lawsuit or not and announced on January 9th that they denied the case. I've spoken with Deron Brunson, whom the brothers refer to as the mastermind behind the lawsuit, and had hoped to have him on as my guest today. However, he is buried in the effort of filing their appeal. I hope to have him on the podcast soon to give us an update. But in the meantime, if you don't know about the Brunson lawsuit or you want to get refreshed, use the link in my show notes for the podcast I did on December 16th. Listen to it and make a point of following the instructions for sending a letter to the Supreme Court and a copy of the same letter and any financial contribution you can make to the Brunson brothers. What you can expect from me today is to help us explore a couple of matters from the past where the truth is still not fully revealed as a primer, so to speak, of my interview with Michelle May, who teaches people how to partner with God to see prophecy fulfilled, among other topics she teaches. Just as we need to do our own research to know if a matter is true before accepting it, so must we be discerning when it comes to prophecy to know what to partner with God to have realized. Certainly, these past three years since early 2020 has taught us the importance of ferreting out the truth because our governments, mainstream media, big pharma, and big tech, to name a few, have proven themselves to be less than honest with us. We need to learn how to dig for truth just as we would mine for gold. Truth is essential in the effort of identifying and dealing with corruption. I think the majority of people are awake to the fact we've been lied to and deceived for not just decades, but maybe even centuries. Today, more than ever, people all around the world are desperate to learn the truth. The more we learn, the deeper we realize evil has been operating against us, and not just here in the United States, but all around the world. Most are awake to the fact that there is a group of self-appointed globalists who have been working for hundreds of years to ultimately create a one-world government. Little by little, through systems, policies, and governments, our freedoms have been removed in their effort to control us and create the world they have envisioned which is entirely for their own selfish best interests and even includes killing us off to reduce the world population to one billion. We know that Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, and Bill Gates of the World Economic Forum are part of this self-appointed elite. Additionally, there are the self-appointed elite who are the members of the Trilateral Commission or the Atlantic Council and the Bilderberg Group. These groups convene to bring together elites from across the world into a transnational network where individuals with shared and, in this case, globalist interests can work to further their own agenda. In an article, which I provide the link for in the show notes, I read this, quote, Since the era of globalization moved political and economic power beyond any single country, so too have elites transcended the bounds of the nation. The Bilderberg Group's powerful members comes from across the world and represent the political, economic, military, and technological and ideological spheres of globalization. There is absolutely no representation of alternative interests and ideological positions such as small business, populists, socialists, or nationalists, end quote. Additionally, there has been much written about the alleged 13 Illuminati families that control the world. 
I suggest you do a search of your own about this because there are many articles and videos available. At one time, this whole matter was called the Great Conspiracy Theory because of their conspiracy to overtake the nations and have a one-world government. These 13 families control politics, courthouses, educational institutions, natural resources, foreign policies, food, economies, media, and terrorist organizations. These powerful people know how to manage wealth and resources. 99% of the world's resources have been controlled by the Illuminati, leaving only 1% to the global population. As I mentioned, their goal is to reduce the population of the planet to just under 1 billion people. It has come to the light of truth that they have planned to depopulate the planet through scientifically engineered methods such as viruses, vaccines, genetically modified food, and more. Some report these families have medicines for deadly diseases ranging from cancer to AIDS, but they're unwilling to give it to the public in keeping with their goals of genocide. For this reason, they control the pharmaceutical trade. The term conspiracy theory has been around for a very long time. In the 1960s, the term was used by the CIA to discount people who believe the assassination of President John F. Kennedy was not the alleged work of a single man named Lee Harvey Oswald. There has been question whether or not Kennedy's speech given in 1961 about central banks and secret societies contributed to his assassination. Addressing the newspapers and media of the day, in his speech, Kennedy first emphasized the importance of freedom, the very foundation of the United States, and he said in part, quote, The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society, and we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is a very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon those anxious to expend its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. End quote. I encourage you to read or listen to the entire speech. This is just part of what he said, and he was talking to the media of the day. Maybe he was trying to prevent the censorship like we've experienced in our day, or perhaps he's blowing the whistle on corruption of his day. There are many who believe Kennedy had been made aware of a long-standing effort to overcome the government of the United States to form a one-world government that was operating from within. Many believe the FBI and the CIA were part of this effort and were actually behind Kennedy's assassination. In December of 2022, Biden released most of JFK's assassination records, which had been sealed, but he withheld thousands. I understand all the documents should be made public under the federal transparency law that required the documents to be released five years ago, but the administration is declining to follow the law for a second year in a row. From this round of released documents, 
Michael Beschloss, a presidential historian, revealed the claims that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone are smaller and smaller each time documents are released. Secrecy and censorship and lack of transparency has clearly been an issue within our media and government for a very long time. Certainly, since early 2020, we've suffered under the secrecy and censorship even to the control of our election process. And more and more is coming out with Elon Musk's divulging Twitter's involvement with the FBI to influence the media's narrative and the American public during recent elections. While media and governments attempt to discredit people who ask questions in effort to know truth by claiming we are deluded under a conspiracy theory, day by day, more and more of what we've suspected has come to the light, and we know we've been intentionally and woefully lied to. At such an extent, most of us now question virtually everything from government, media, big pharma, big tech, and so much more. And in keeping with topics where it seems the people have been lied to and perpetrators not properly held accountable, there's the whole matter of 9-11. More and more is being discussed. I recommend you learn more from the websites that I have in the show notes. One link is for the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry, whose overall mission is to develop and implement a detailed legal strategy to achieve transparency and accountability under the law regarding the unprosecuted crimes of September the 11th, 2001. And more recently, we have the tragic event of January 6, 2021, where people have been illegally imprisoned without proper legal representation or trials. There are many narratives we've been given through the years that to any critical thinker just don't make sense. We read in the Bible, specifically 1 John chapter 4, verses 1-6, to Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God, and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, end quote. I think most everyone by now realizes we are in a spiritual battle that's being played out in our natural world, and I'm exceedingly grateful to God for the many prophetic voices he has given us to help us discover and live in life-giving truth and experience all the hope truth provides even in these evil days. Not only do we need to test the narratives we are given by so-called leaders, the mainstream media, and more, we must test every prophetic word to make certain it is of God, and when we confirm it is, we must partner with God to experience the manifestation of the prophetic word. Here to help us learn more about how to do this is my guest, Michelle May. You can learn more about Michelle and all she does from the show notes. I'm picking up my conversation with her about the prophetic vision she had of Congress being two-thirds empty and moving into how we must work with God to see his prophecies fulfilled. Here's my interview with Michelle. We must be praying not only about this vision and prophetic word that you're sharing, but about all prophecies that we are hearing. God has been exceedingly gracious lately to give an exorbitant number of prophetic words from many people who are proven and who are tested and tried and true. But still, we need to examine prophecies. We need to, um, what's the word, Michelle? 
Well, I partner, the word is partner. That's what the Lord's been showing me. He, he shows me things in pictures a lot. And I think it's, it helps people to understand it. No, it helps me to understand, but I saw uh, Christians, they were in like a U couch and they were all, they had tons of snacks, snacks were everywhere. And this one's going past this snack, past this snack, past the, you know, <laughs> past the popcorn, past this over here. And there was a screen in front of them. And then they were all watching prophecy and they were snacking. And the Lord said, people are snacking on prophecy. They are, they are just gorging themselves and they're binging on prophecy, but they're not actually partnering with it. It's almost like we've become so passive as a, as a church or as an audience, so to speak, that we're not partnering with and realizing that that's something that we have to steward and we have to partner with it. And so I saw the huge hand of God. It kind of reminded me, I think it's Michelangelo, I could be wrong, but that picture that you may have seen the painting where there's the moment where Father God touches Adam and it's just like they, you see their hands and it's this moment. And it was kind of like that where there was a hand of God, but the hand of God was coming out to every single individual person. And the Lord was saying, and we have this saying in America, I don't know if it's in other nations, but if you put your hand out to someone and they don't shake your hand, you know, you can kind of joke and say, hey, don't don't leave me hanging. Are you leaving me hanging? And so the Lord's saying, you're leaving me hanging. He wants us to grab his hand and partner with prophecy. And I don't know if that's being talked about enough, because as I just mentioned, I'm sequestered, so I don't listen to prophets. I don't know if other prophets are talking about this but I know that he's talking to me about it and he wants us to shift from that passive stance of audience to the acts of the apostles, which literally acts, think about it, action. And so he wants us to be doers of the word, mm -hmm. not only hearers of it and just, you know, sitting and eating a snack. So we need to discern the spirit behind the prophetic voice. And if we find that, yes, it definitely feels like it's from the Holy spirit. Then what you're suggesting is we partner with God, seek him to find out what he might want us to do for his prophetic word to actually manifest. And this is something I agree with you that is not talked about enough. A lot of people think that if God said it, it will just happen. Yes. And we need to remember that Christ is the head and we are the body. I mean, yes, God can zap anything into existence anytime he wants, but most often he chooses to work through his people. And that does not make it anything less of a miracle. Yes, he is always wanting relationship, you know, and the idea that if someone gives a prophetic word and they are a true prophet, that it's just automatically going to happen. I feel like that's what people believe, but that really makes God into a dictator and we don't serve a dictator. And so we serve a king and that king happens to be very, very, very relational. And I feel like even just on a personal level, I meet people all the time. And they tell me because, you know, they hear I flow in the prophetic and then they, you know, start asking me all kinds of questions. I have so many prophecies that people have said over me, you know, I have, you know, 10 different prophecies or whatever it is or a stack and everything, and they're not coming to pass. And I, the very first question I ask is, well, what are you doing with them? And I always get <laughs> a blank stare. What, what do you mean? What am I doing with them? I said, well, what are you doing with them? Are you praying into them? Are you declaring them? Are you meditating on them? Are you, you know, even fasting or uh, repenting, you know, just regularly? 
well, I don't know anything about that. People have no idea what I'm talking about at all. And so I feel like, and I know that everyone in listening can relate to this. All of us in the body of Christ have been judged at some point or another from another brother or sister in Christ. It, it just, it, it is what it is. And so instead of taking your finger and saying that's a false prophet or a false prophecy, the Lord is saying, I don't want you to point fingers. I want you to partner with me. And so that's this missing piece. It's a key. And I feel like some of your listeners are going to have like this aha moment, like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Well, when I was a teacher, I used to prophesy over the kids all the time. Now it was I formally prophesying. No, I was not saying, you know, the Lord is saying this or that, but I saw things that the Lord had deposited in the kids. And so I would say to them, like, you know what, you would be an amazing attorney. I could see you, you know, defending people like that. Okay. So let's say that someone actually formally gets a prophecy and it's that they're supposed to be an attorney. They're going to really stand up for the poor and the downtrodden, and they're going to fight for justice. Okay. And then that same person, let's say they're 16, if they drop out of school, they get involved in things they maybe shouldn't. And now it's 10 years later, and they're saying that was a false prophet and that was a false prophecy. And the issue was not that it was a false prophecy or prophet. Well, the issue was the person didn't partner with it. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe this was God's best for them. This was God's plan for them. And so believing is part of prophecy, but it's going to require something of us because God is not a genie in a bottle that is just saying this is going to happen no matter what. So I think that that's a misconception that's in the church right now about prophecy. There's a lot of misconception about prophecy right now. And a lot of people doing the finger pointing you're talking about and accusing people who have given prophetic words of being a false prophet or the prophecy itself being fake. When in reality, it's just as you are explaining, God always reveals his plan first to the prophets. That's in scripture. As you said earlier, prophecy does reveal God's plan. We also know that God never works against our human will. God always wants to have us partner with him. So if we don't will ourselves to partner with God, that prophecy can pass us over. And another point I want to make about prophecy, and you can address this too, one of the ways we can know prophecy is true is that it always provides hope. Even if it's a word of correction, mm -hmm. there's always a way of escape or a way to repent and be restored. And if a prophet is giving doomsday prophetic words and not providing that hope or that way of escape, that you can be sure is not from God. Yes. Yes. And that is huge. There was a, and I'm not, I don't use names ever publicly. And so there was a prophecy going around a while back and it was really dark. And it was someone who said, I'm really not a prophet. I don't really know. I just had these dreams. And then they, boom, they blasted them out there on YouTube didn't, you know, go to someone who maybe flowed in the prophetic or was because they didn't even have a church that believed in prophecy, this person. And so it was all negative. And so my friend sent it to me and she said, can you discern this for me? I don't, I don't know about this. And the Lord let me listen to about a minute and a half to two minutes. And I, I just got back to her and I said, no, that's not from the Lord. And so what happened was the people who were listening to it then it's really considered a curse mm -hmm. if it's all 
horrible and negative and terrible without any redemption, without any, you know, you can repent and turn the way without any way out. We can call it like the way out, right? Like the Red Sea, the way out. There's always going to be a way out. God always wants to, to make peace with his people. He wants to uh, forgive his people. He wants to uh, renew his people, refresh his people, restore his people. So that, that message should be like an undercurrent. So no matter how much it is maybe a warning, you know, like I gave warnings about the vaccine. Okay. But I also now I'm praying saying God can neutralize the vaccine. So that's the hope part. You don't ever want to be in a place where you're so hopeless and so overwhelmed that you don't know where to turn. And that was what was happening. So I had all kinds of people contacting me. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And they were then under this kind of witchcraft that had been done. He didn't know he was even doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't know that it was really from the enemy to terrify people. And so we are not supposed to be terrified by the Lord. We are supposed to have a healthy fear of the Lord, but that terror that we've all maybe experienced, maybe in our lifetime does not come from the Lord unless there is actually an emergency situation that, you know, we might, you know, just we're in an accident or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's very dangerous right now, you know? And so whenever I put a word out, even if it's going to be difficult for people to hear, the Lord always gives a way out and he always gives the truth in love. Absolutely. And yes, that false prophecy that circulated put a lot of people in a tailspin and created a lot of fear. And it happened about the same time that COVID was coming to a heightened situation and there was lockdowns. It played into what we were actually experiencing. But God even uses things like that. God will use false prophecies to wake his church up. And I know we are in agreement that these past three years, since the beginning of 2020, God has been exposing all manner of corruption wherever it exists for the sole purpose of waking people up. When people are deceived, they don't know they're deceived. That's the nature of deception. That's how the enemy has been able to advance his plans to such the point that we see today is because he has deceived even the church. Yes. And this is one of my soapbox topics is for people to get back to understand the truth, what truth really is how to uphold the truth, and then how to be engaged in our culture to make a kingdom difference. If we want to see this evil and corruption be pushed back and be overcome, God is going to work through his people. So he's had to wake us up to have us understand what's going on and then to get us to be willing to be engaged. Yes. What would you like to add to that? Because I know that with this particular podcast, there are people listening right now who are being encouraged to get engaged. And so what direction might you give my listeners at this point? The first direction that I think I would give is really ask the Lord before you watch something or before you listen to something. Is this something that you want me to hear? Because that same friend that, you know, brought that prophecy, false prophecy, really, to me, then was riddled with terror and fear, you know, and then I had to pray for her more than once to kind of get rid of that, to undo it. And so I think the first thing is to be aware that the scripture says that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. It uses the word air. And so we have to be careful what is coming through the airwaves into our ear gates, into our eye gates. 
because that is what has happened during the last three years. People put trust in media, put trust in mainstream media, put trust in the wrong places. And the enemy was able to really brainwash the masses into being terrified. And so that would be the first thing that I would say is be careful what you bring into your ears, into your eyes, and just say a prayer. Now, if you start listening to something and you get this terrible feeling or you get a pit in your stomach, it can be different for everyone. I usually feel it, you know, pit in my stomach. Follow that. That's discernment. That's the Lord saying, stop, stop listening to that and just hit the stop button and move it along. But discernment is really a key right now. And to know that not everything that you hear is going to be true is sort of the beginning of this journey. And then the second thing is, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? If it is true, what do you want me to do with it? Do I bring it to my prayer group and we pray over it? Do you want me to fast over this? Do you want me to start making declarations that are in alignment with this? to do something. There's five things that I, that, that a person can do. One is praying. One is repenting. One is fasting. One is declaring and one is sharing. And if you want, I can go through all of those uh, separately and just talk like a little bit about each one of them. I know it's sort of kind of mean for me to stop the interview right here, but it's just to be sure you come back next week to learn the five points she wants to teach us. I love how the Lord gives her visual images, and I could really see with her the circular couch of Christians gorging themselves on prophetic snacks instead of leaning into God and personally partnering with Him. God wants each of us in a personal relationship with Him, exploring truth with God the Father through Jesus, our brother and mediator, and all with the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said clearly, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Let's determine to do all we can to discover truth and help others do likewise, so we can free our families, our neighborhoods, our countries, states, and nations. Amen. One way you can do that is to share this podcast with your friends and family. Next week, I'll continue to bring the other half of this particular interview with Michelle May so we can learn how to partner with God to see prophecy fulfilled in these especially intense days. In addition to telling your friends and family about this podcast, I ask you to consider purchasing the goods or services available from my affiliates and from my own webpage. When it comes to your health, I want you to know about Infinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and to get at an optimum and healthy weight. I've been using their products, and I especially like their detoxifying products, and I really love their Java Boost drink. Also for your health, I've been proudly promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, and vitamin C and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. I am personally taking this supplement, and I can tell you I've been around many people with COVID. My husband on two occasions had COVID, and I have not been sick. Use the link in my show notes or go to his website and use the promo code FTLB, which stands for Faith to Live By, and receive a 5% coupon discount. If you choose to subscribe, you can actually receive a 10% discount. And don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using, and I encourage all of my listeners to do so. Get your household and healthcare products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or with toxins like the vast majority of our consumer goods brands are in our country. The link for you to learn more is in the show notes.
And don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. The series is also called Faith to Live By. And when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H. Use it at checkout and get a 20% discount. When you purchase my own books and products or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want. And at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. So shop for yourself or shop to get gifts for family and friends. Your support is greatly appreciated. You can also subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. And as a new subscriber, you'll be able to choose from one of three gifts I offer in appreciation of your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred customer where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcast, I'll have a way to contact you and make sure you know where to find me. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 